Well, hey mamas, how are you? If we were sitting here having coffee or chatting on my back patio, I would ask that question. And then I would ask it again, like, no, really, how are you? We're a couple of weeks into school at my house. Some routines are getting established again, and some different activities have gone back in some capacities. But I'll admit, I sort of feel like a new little fawn learning to walk again. I feel almost clumsy getting everyone out of the house and remembering all the things that go in all the backpacks. We were out of school since March 16th, so it's been a long time since we've had these routines. But I hope that you're managing them well and getting into a new groove that gives you some control over life in this crazy, seemingly out of control world. So today's a little different. I'm excited to be interviewing or more like chatting with my husband on the podcast today. So if your husband is home, I'd love for you to just grab him and say, would you listen to this with me? We promise we'll try our best to keep it to 30 minutes. Here we go. So Jeff and I have been married for 10 years this November, and we've been together for 12. Of course, you guys know we have two kiddos, Elizabeth and Mason, and that we're passionate about faith and family. But recently, Jeff and I have been getting a little marriage counseling on our own, um, and we've been reading an incredible book called No More Perfect Marriages, and it's really brought up a lot of interesting conversations between us, especially because marriage looks different when you're a working mama. Let me say that again. Marriage looks different when you are working because the often traditional gender roles that we fill in our marriages typically don't work out well when both spouses work full-time or even part-time or even have a side hustle. Um, so today we just kind of wanted to talk about some areas that we really focus on as a couple um, and how me working full-time really impacts those things. So Hi, hun. Thanks for joining me and being a guest on the podcast. Are you excited? Looking forward to it. <laughs> Great. So first thing um, that we wanted to talk about was really expectations. Um, when you get married, you have a lot of expectations for each other. Some you know about, some you don't know about. But when kids enter the picture, oftentimes, at least in my life, I found that my expectations changed. Um, but Jeff's didn't change initially. So what would you say to that? Yeah, when we had the baby, I didn't really think that a whole lot between us would change. I figured that uh, Elizabeth would just mold into our lifestyle and the things that we love to do. Uh, and when... A lot of those things didn't happen. Obviously, I had a major, uh, major health issues. But even outside of that, Nettie was different. I had to learn about all her, about her all over again as she adapted this new role and an identity that we couldn't have prepared for before kids. Yeah, for sure. I was very different. <laughs> I was taking on a new identity. Um, and because of that, my identity as a wife was changing. I expected things of you as a dad that I probably never communicated before. And I just assumed you would just adjust or figure it out or that you anticipated some level of change. Um, but one of the biggest things that helped us during that time um, was to sit down and have an expectation conversation post-kids. And here's some, some of the questions that would be good to eat ask either and some of these might make you uncomfortable 
if you've not talked about this stuff before, but marriage is hard. And the work that it takes is extremely important to talk about. For sure. So what are some of the things that we talked about in that like expectation conversation? So things like how do we want manage the workload at home? What kinds of needs, you know, to take ownership of the things like yard work? You know, who's taking out the trash, doing laundry, grocery shopping, cooking and family uh, meal planning, buying the kids clothes, vacuuming, cleaning, changing air filters. You get the idea. <laughs> but we just can't assume that our wives should handle all this stuff. Nadie works just as many as hours as I do and sometimes more. And it's important that we are partners in this. The other big thing is that I think it's so important that, and of course changes with kids and how you're going to raise those kids. Some of the biggest fights Nady and I ever had was over the kids. Rules, rewards, how we discipline, how we dealt with back talk, addressing of all those hard things is hard work. And so we frequently talk about parenting. How are we doing? Are there things that we've been disagreeing on that we need to get on the same page about? Or do we have any major issues with the kids? Are we spending intentional time with them? How are we teaching them about Christ? And so on. You can come up with your own list. But it's important to be intentional about parenting conversations with each other. Yeah, for sure. And I'll just add to that that I think one of the biggest things we've learned from talking to other parents who are ahead of us in years is that you present a united front with your kids. So, like, if Jeff says no, then that's it. Like, mom doesn't come in and change the rules. If mom has already said something, dad backs mom up and vice versa. Once those little humans know that they can get different answers from each of you, you're in trouble because then they start to pin you against each other. Well, mom said this and dad said this. So, we talk through a lot of strategies that might help like having a quick check-in when we get home so sometimes I get home first sometimes Jeff gets home first just depends but we'll just do like a quick check-in like did anything happen today I need to know about are there any like rules or privileges that have been lost today are there any things that are big celebrations that I need to like be proud of the kids for and really celebrate them for so um another really important area to keep in conversation about is your intimate life. So if you have kids listening, you can mute or stick in headphones or push pause. But yeah, sex life is important. Um, and I intentionally gave this topic to myself because I think we often hear men talk about their needs. But ladies, we've got to understand this is important and it's a healthy part of marriage and protecting our marriage against outside threats like pornography and affairs. Um, it's something that we just really need to be aware of. So Talking about how often we want that to be a priority in our marriage is something Jeff and I discuss on a weekly basis. And because we've already gone there, talking about what you don't like and you do like and what you'd like to try is also important. Um, it's funny to me that we get embarrassed by sex and even Jeff when we bring this up in our like communication meetings will always have like this smile on his face. <laughs> but You know, we've been married, we have kids, but for some reason talking about it um, makes us uncomfortable. But the more you talk about it and just make this a regular part of your conversation, um, the more comfortable it will become, I promise. Absolutely. One of the, 
another uh, important thing that we talk about is expressing uh, appreciation to each other regularly. It's funny. We often tell our kids how to use their manners, but how we forget to use our own, especially when it comes to our spouse. Telling your wife, thank you for making dinner. Thank you for organizing the kids' birthday parties. Or thank you for picking up your shirts from the dry cleaners. Whatever that may be. Reminding yourself to show appreciation to her keeps the emotional intimacy and communication open in your marriage. I know Nadia shares with me that she frequently has moms share with her that they feel unappreciated and undervalued. And that that feeling can lead to resentment and ultimately disconnecting from your spouse. So make a point to just tell each other thank you. I appreciate that you did that and I really feel valued whenever that is. And of course you tell her that you love her. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And it doesn't sound so awkward and cheesy. <laughs> it's true. It does sound cheesy almost to be like, I love you. Um, yeah. Another big area that needs a lot of communication is our finances. Trouble with finances and marriage is still like one of the leading causes of divorce. And I don't know about you guys, but our finances have definitely been impacted by COVID. And so we've had lots of hard conversations about things that had to get cut or committing to eating out very sparingly or cutting things like cable to get a Roku or go for walks or go to the park instead of seeing a movie or buying something. And that's definitely been hard. Um, one of the things that I've had to accept in our marriage also is that I'm kind of the natural like planner and saver. And when I say accepting, I should say I'm working on accepting because there are still times where I get frustrated at Jeff for simply not being as engaged in the budgeting or planning process as I am. But in reading this new book, No More Perfect Marriages, we've actually realized that one of us me, is just naturally more inclined to things like math and money and planning. And so I make our monthly budget and we discuss our finances pretty much weekly. Um, what bills are due, if money's tight, or if we have extra to do something fun. Um, we talk about budgets for kids' parties and we budget for date nights and we talk through if we have any like family events that month or birthday gifts we have to send or this time of year we start thinking about Christmas budgets. So um, whatever it is, we just try to be intentional about discussing our finances so that nothing, you know, really surprises us. Yeah, there's one thing that I wanted to add is there's things that we've done in the past that has worked. In seasons, uh, things being tight, we've taken out a little cash for each of us, and it's meant for Starbucks or, you know, just whatever that may be. But it also helps to keep our bank statement cleared up and allows us to stay engaged and stay on the same page. That's for you to spend, however, with with no judgment. You know, you got to talk about those things of, you know, how much that you're willing to spend without saying something to the person. And that has helped us tremendously. It also just keeps us from being kind of nitpicky. Like you went to Wendy's today or you went to Starbucks. That's your third time this week. So we just gave like a weekly cash allotment to say we're going to take this out when we get the groceries and that's just like you're spending money that we're being okay um handing out we also just really subscribe to a lot of the dave ramsey habits for our finances and we stay away from buying things on payments as much as we possibly can um and we're we had a really good emergency fund COVID has impacted that some but we're working on just making sure we have that steady emergency fund so that when life does happen and the refrigerator goes kaput or you need brakes on the car we can use that emergency fund and it doesn't send us into 
um, a panic and cause, you know, added stress because that's, that's hard on our marriage. I would say the last thing that I would add to that was just recognize marriage is a partnership. And as men, if we can think of that kind of work as or business minded for a moment, if we were in business with someone, we wouldn't just make decisions without them. We wouldn't assume that they would take care of things without asking. We would express appreciation for how they help the business because we want to be a good partner. And I think as men, we need to start thinking about how we view our wife as a partner. She's the person we trust the most. She's a co-parent to our kids. She's a person moving her family forward alongside you in no way if she's just serve you or be considered less than you. I don't think it's it needs any explanation when Christ said to husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. He died for it and loves it more than anything. And that's the kind of love that we should have for our partners in life, our wives. Yeah, that's that's great. And that really brings us to the final thing that we keep a pulse on in our marriage, and that's our relationship with Christ. Jeff and I committed last year to daily quiet time in the Word individually. So he reads and does his quiet time. I read and do my quiet time. Sometimes we discuss, but not always. It's our time to work on our relationship with our Heavenly Father because we know we can never be at our best unless we are keeping that at the forefront. And it's the filter that we use for pretty much everything from parenting to finances to serving others to loving each other. I mean, you name it, scripture addresses it. So if you need a place to get started with like a morning quiet time, I'm going to share the reading plan that we use uh, because that's definitely been impactful for us. Yeah, again, uh, so these questions and topics, you know, our daily quiet time has really created a, a really great structure and a routine for our, our weekly kind of communication with each other. Every Sunday, in fact, right after we record this, we'll have a Sunday sit down where we uh, walk through these areas and talk about them, starting with appreciation, first to bring down walls and emotional barriers we may have to, we may have to put up throughout the week. We'll share that on Sunday sit down resource so you can use that. So if you need uh, any information on how to get that started. And I'll just say that honestly, the first time we did this, you guys, I think we ended up in a fight. (laughs) Why? Because I had this vision of how I thought this process was going to go. And the Enneagram one in me took control instead of just trusting the process. Um, And my husband is an Enneagram two, the helper. And so he's just trying to be like, I don't know what you expected. Um, But we powered through and now it's something we both look forward to each week because it's an intentional time that we spend together just talking talking about the week behind us and the week ahead. And, you know, this one thing I wanted to throw in here too, um, we make the kids have kind of a mandatory quiet time on Sundays so that we can have that time. So whether that's your kid resting or reading or having just some tablet time with their headphones on in their room, um, you know, we mandate that they have something so that it gives us that time um, to also be able to to be quiet so yeah but I would just like to add too I've done a lot of learning about being an active dad and that husband when Nadia and I first got married I was umpiring baseball for little league a little bit of high school and some college Sunday leagues it was a huge passion of mine I grew up doing it since I was little and I really didn't see any reason why I should have to give that up 
Even after our second child was born, I was umpiring baseball two to three days a week. And for hell, several hours on Saturday. We ended up in a counselor's office over my hobby because I just couldn't understand why I needed to give up this part of my life. It's been there since I was a little kid. But what I've come to understand is that family may require a short-term sacrifice, especially while kids are little, and Nate has given up a lot. Her body, her health, managing a work schedule while she's on maternity leave, breastfeeding her kids, and pumping while she was at work. And I think she needed to see me sacrifice something, too, to say that we're in this together. I may pick up, you know, being involved in baseball when our kids get into it, if they do. But for now, I find other things that don't require much time away from family, like deer hunting or just getting together <laughs> with some guys. And putting together, putting everything on Nate uh, for that to handle is just not fair to her. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting season. Um, I literally started to hate baseball there for a while. Um, And he would sometimes say to me, if you want me to give it up, just tell me and I'll just give it up. And I remember saying to him, you know, I'm not your mom. And I need you to understand why this sacrifice is worth it or important. I'm not going to be the one to tell you to give something up and then that create resentment towards me. So I think God really worked on your heart for that because I remember you just came in one day and you're like, I'm done with it. I'm just, I think I need to do something else. Now we picked up deer hunting, but that's okay. (laughs) He's smiling. (laughs) One of my personal biggest battles in our marriage has been learning to respect my husband. I feel like people say that sometimes and kind of cringe, like it's this old school thing or a bad thing. But my goodness, I have seen other women degrade their husband in front of friends or correct him rudely. And I remind myself, if I wouldn't speak to a friend like that, I certainly shouldn't speak to my husband like that, right? There's no judgment there, guys, but just being aware, I would never want him to speak to me that way. So I try to keep that in mind anytime, especially when we're in groups of peers. Um, If I have an issue with him or something he says, or I'll definitely address that. Buried things tend to fester. um, So I don't let things go without me just being like, hey, can we talk about that um, from today? But I do try my hardest to avoid making him look bad as I would never want him to do that to me. So I think as a wrap up, I do want to say how important it is for guys to remember to date our wives, to pursue her, to chase after. I mean, think about it, guys. What did we do when we wanted to date her? We sent her flowers. We did all the things that maybe she didn't like. She may not have liked roses. She might not have liked candy, but we still did everything we could possibly do to get her attention. To let her know we still find her attractive and we still want to be with her every day. Nadia and I have a date night at least once a month. And sometimes, if we can squeeze one in, maybe once a week if, if time allows. And for a long time, she continued to communicate that she really wanted that to be something that I handled. And yes, the money comes from the same account. And it's not like dating, but me doing the legwork and making the reservations and getting the babysitter booked. I might add one thing. Guys, be careful. Include your wife in on the reservations (laughs) with whoever you decide to do your babysitting. If it's a girl from your youth group or a neighbor, make sure she's added into it. Unless it's some kind of surprise, 
get some help from a family member if you can. Just kind of keeps the whole thing legit. Also, adding it to our Google Calendar makes her feel more important and special, most like when we're dating. So I made it an effort to do that. We would love to do it more often, but for now, once a month is a big improvement, and we use those times to focus on having fun together and laughing, talking about us and not just the kids. It's our time together. It's funny that you brought up, you know, Google Calendar. We started using Google Calendar because we just had too many things to manage. And so now, you know, if one of us schedules something for the kids, we can throw it on the calendar and just tag the other person. So it's not always me um, as the mom scheduling everything and handling everything. And so um, that's a really important tool, I would say, if you're not using like a Google Calendar or some type of like online calendar, I think that that's important. I'm very type A, so of course I have some kind of, you know, calendar. But um, I will say that um, that is important if you are, you know, what he brought up about, you know, the babysitter um texting the babysitter or, you know, setting that up, um, just being aware of that, looping her in on the date night. You could still have a surprise about where to go to dinner or whatever. Um, but I know some of that can kind of be tricky sometimes if we're working with teens and whatnot, but, um, we just put it on the calendar and then, you know, I know that it's there and I actually like that better so I can look forward to it rather than like, we have a surprise date night. I'm like, I didn't take a shower today or do my hair. It's going to be the third day in a row for dry shampoo, right? So for me, I would rather see it on the calendar pop up and be like, oh, that's cool. And then I have something, you know, to look forward to. So, um, anyway, so let's see. Um, one other thing I'll say just about like date nights. Um, sometimes we switch off and like I'll plan the date night. Um, and when I do that, I try to do things that Jeff really loves. So like if I plan it, I'll try to do things that he really enjoys doing. If he plans it, he tries to keep more things that I love in mind. So theater or plays or, um, dinners are going for a walk and like I took him to Top Golf one time and I could not figure out how to use the club and not run into my boobs. So, you know, I've since improved, but you get the idea. It was funny and we laughed um and it was just something fun to do together. So, um yeah, do you want to talk about Yeah, let's talk about that. All this, you know, is all great. Uh but it's not always been easy. Uh, there has been moments of hard. Everything in life has not been peaches and roses. Okay, my past was not great. I was previously married for eight years, was with somebody for 10, and it wasn't the greatest marriage. Uh, we're married, but we're more like roommates. I learned a lot about the dangers of not speaking up uh, from a wife that was borderline verbally and emotionally abusive. And it came to the point where we just didn't talk. And because of that, I also learned a great deal about the damage done when your partner is super disrespectful and disregards your feelings. And guys, if you're in a situation where you're not speaking up because your wife may say something kind of condescending and you internalize it, 
You're best to speak up when you got the chance to speak your feelings without yelling. Please hear me. There's a time for everything. There's a time to bring things up. But if you can't talk about them without yelling, then it's not time. It's not ready. Okay, there's things in our marriage where Nate and I have had to do some hard work because of habits and triggers from that marriage that impacts our relationship now. Which is why she talks about being aware of having respect for me, which I appreciate immensely. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reality is we all come into marriage with baggage and habits. Um, Things will happen that we don't even understand. Um, They're sort of like autopilot because it's how we grew up or it's what we saw or it's what we know, which is why we encourage these weekly communication meetings and like intentional conversations and date nights because for us, it has made a huge difference in our 10 years of marriage together. Um, And as a working mom, like nothing can really be assumed about traditional roles or responsibilities. If you're like me, you grew up with a mom who stayed at home. And so what I saw about responsibilities and how things worked doesn't translate at all into our marriage. So we've had to create a whole new landscape and plan really for our family. So um, the other thing we wanted to talk about um, is just investing really in your marriage, whether that's through counseling or um, we have this great place we go to called Deer Run. You want to talk about that? Yes. Down in Thompson Station, Tennessee, just south of Nashville, On one of our anniversaries, we were trying to be intentional about going someplace for our anniversary and spending time together just one-on-one. No one else, just the two of us. I even looked into renting a small camper to go away to Fall Creek Falls, just someplace where we could go hang out, just the two of us, and spend some quality time together, laugh, cry, read some scripture, and just have some great time just together. And the more we looked at it, we weren't really doing anything for our marriage, but we're just getting time away. And Nettie came up with a really great idea. She's like, this is all great, but this doesn't build into our marriage. So we Googled marriage retreats within the Nashville area. And lo and behold, they had a marriage conference over the weekend, Friday night, all day Saturday, and half the day on Sunday. And it was even a lot less expensive than it was to rent a camper. So guys, if you really want to invest in your marriage, and wives too, they have women's retreats, and uh, father and son retreats, mother-daughter retreats, and even group retreats. Google it, DearRun.com. It's a fantastic place to go, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed, not only in the menu, but the message that you will get out of that, because It pretty much revolutioned our marriage. It did. I love that he mentions the menu. The food is great, for sure. (laughs) It's really great. Um, But yeah, I think sometimes, and you know, we'll hear friends say, you know, we just need to get away. And that is true. You need to get away from life sometimes in marriage. You especially need to get away from your children. It's okay to think that. I'm going to say it again so that you know. It's okay to get away from your children. 
especially young children, they require a lot from us. And it's okay to need time to disconnect from them, knowing that they are in the safe and loving and caring arms of grandparents or family or friends or caregivers um, who are enjoying that time with them, right? Um, And it gives us time to step away and just kind of reconnect, breathe, not be stressed. No one's pulling on your clothes or waking you up in the morning asking you to open a granola bar, which is our son pretty much every day of his life at like 5.55 a.m. So deer run retreats, it's great. If you're in the Tennessee area, really if you're anywhere in the southeast, it would be worth the drive or the quick flight up to Nashville um, to visit um, them and do a marriage retreat there. Lots of fun team activities, lots of downtime, quiet time, beautiful scenery. And as my husband said, the food's pretty good too. So, um, well, I hope that today has been encouraging for you. I hope you've had some nuggets to take away. If your husband, husband wasn't able to listen with you, maybe invite him to listen sometime this week or talk about implementing your own Sunday sit down or some type of planned weekly communication. We're working mamas. We have these meetings for work for a reason, right? And there's a lot of benefits to using some of those strategies for communication and planning and expectations and being on the same page in our homes and in our marriages as well. So, hun, was there anything else that you wanted to add? I think it's up to you. <laughs> it, it is. Marriage is, our, is a choice. It's up to us whether we want to have, you know, a great marriage um, or we just want to be roommates or we're just doing the best we can or, you know, whatever the season. But just want to encourage you that you definitely can have a great marriage. Um, there's some tools that you can use and it's not perfect. I mean, Jeff and I shared Um, A lot of things that have been potholes for us, things that we still have to work on continuously. But um, yeah, so I'll share some resources, our Sunday sit down kind of outline that we use. Um, I'll share the link to the Deer Run Marriage Retreat so you can check those out. And then I'll tag to the book that we've currently been going through called No More Perfect Marriages. So thanks for joining us today on this episode of Memoirs from the Minivan Podcast. Well, thanks again, moms, for joining us today on this episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan podcast. I hope that the message was encouraging that marriage isn't easy. It's not always fun. It's hard work and kids add in a whole nother thing and being a working mom makes things maybe a little more complicated. Just requires that we have some intentional conversation about that so that we're on the same page and we don't grow resentful um, for our decisions and we also don't feel so overwhelmed and stressed out. So I hope that you have a blessed rest of your day or evening. As always, if this podcast encouraged you, please share or leave a review that helps us connect with other working moms and be more searchable on the podcast platforms. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan podcast.